Clinker Factor, the Cement Industry Podcast. Welcome to The Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA which looks at the cement industry's response to climate change around the world and other topics of interest. I'm Ian Riley, CEO of WCA and your host on The Clinker Factor. Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the 2023 WCA Annual Conference, which will be held on October the 24th and 25th at the Emirates Towers in Dubai. Our super early bird tickets are available until June the 30th, and we still have a few exhibitor slots available. So we'll put a link to the registration website in the episode notes. Uh, today I'm talking to Fabien Chabonel, uh, CEO of Seminu, a European cement producer. Fabien joined the board of uh, WCA at the end of last year, and, and so it's uh, my pleasure today to uh, welcome you, Fabien. I wonder if we could start with just a, a quick introduction. How is it you came up to work in the cement industry? I entered the industry at the end of the 90s, uh, and I worked for Simon de Rigny in France, uh, which was uh, part of the Holdaban Group at this time, uh, which was the name of all Sim. Uh, before the, the new branding, the Swiss group. And so I worked uh, firstly in, in cement, and then I worked also in the concrete uh, division of, uh, of this uh, uh, French uh, company. And when did you join Seminu? I, I came to Seminu, it was uh, seven years ago now, when the company was launched. We began from scratch and we wanted to, to bring some renewal in the industry in, uh, in, in France and other countries uh, within Europe. We all came from the big, uh, big players of the cement industry and we, we wanted to, to find new ways of producing cement by uh, establishing uh, small branding stations uh, within the markets and uh, bringing the raw materials by train and or waterways from the point of entry of the raw materials of the clinker uh, to the grinding stations. Grinding stations obviously have been around for many years, but it was really this logistics aspect that was special about Seminu. Is that is that right? Yes, we, we have two, two main differentiation factors. Uh, the first one is the logistics between the, the point of uh, import and the grinding station. We do we do it ex exclusively by train and by waterway. And when we do it by train, uh, we use containers, ISO containers, 20, 20 feet uh, containers to, to move the clinker uh, on the train. And then when the uh, ISO containers get to the plant, you have a special unloading system there, I believe. Yes, we have um, a special crane to unload uh, the containers from the train and then to unload the clinker from the containers. Uh, and then we, we store it at the plant. And of course, after the, the containers with the crane is, uh, is put again on the wagons to get back to the point of entry. What are the advantages of doing it in the way that you're, you're doing it? This way has two advantages, two big advantages. Uh, first of all, it's to reduce the carbon footprint of uh, the logistic, because when you, when you use train or waterway, you have really a low carbon footprint uh, in comparison with, uh, with truck, of course. And the other big advantage is to have very low capex for these uh, logistical solutions, because in comparison with uh, traditional wagons, for bulk raw materials, it's uh, it's very 
is very cheap in um, in capex to have this equipment. Yeah, so you don't have to have the special uh, bottom dump, dumping wagons. You have standard containers. Yes, and you can unload the clinker very easily from the containers. You don't need any big equipment to to do so. And are there are there any special advantages for the customers as well? In in our model for the for the customer, uh, there is two important points. First of all, is that we have erected our grinding stations within the market. So uh, we are inside the market. And in France, the main markets, they are not located uh, near the sea on the coast. So they are inside the country, they are landlocked. So when you put the grinding station within the market, it's easier to reach the customer. And uh, so you have um, an advantage regarding the, the delivery service uh, to the customers for the cement, uh, first of all. And the second advantage we have is that we have introduced an innovation uh, regarding the bag market because you, we are using an Averunbocker technology to, to have sealed polyethylene bags to, to present uh, the, the cement in bag, uh, to deliver the cement in, the, in bag. And so the, the end customer and the wholesalers, they are able to store our pallets outside uh, directly mm-hmm. on the job site or outside uh, the buildings of the wholesalers. And so it's, it's really an advantage because uh, there is no problem of uh, humidity uh, within the traditional craft paper bags. And so we, we have a big success on this. And uh, this is really appreciated by the customers. Okay. And so thinking about the customers and, and looking at what you've seen over the last few years, how have the customers' requirements changed? We have um, an increasing demand for low-carbon product because uh, the regulations in France uh, are now taking into account uh, the carbon footprint of the building and the carbon footprint of the building materials within, within the building. So more and more, we have demands from the customers and from the owner of the building to present a lower carbon footprint for concrete. And so it goes up into the chain. And for cement, you need to to offer new products with a lower carbon footprint to meet this uh, increasing demand for, for buildings. And so is this driven specifically by regulation? Uh, so there's a requirement to exceed a certain carbon footprint for the concrete, or, or is it a sort of more complicated market demand coming from developers, you know, who have their own stakeholders, not necessarily regulators to please? Okay, you, you, have, you have both, uh, both phen- phenomena. Of course, the, the new regulations and the increasing pressure for measuring and limiting uh, the carbon footprint of um, construction materials is, is growing. And you have also, aside of this, uh, specific strategies of, uh, of actors uh, within the, the market. It can, it can come from the building owners uh, who have a specific strategy to reduce their, their carbon footprint. Or it can also come from the construction companies who also wants to to reduce their carbon footprint. So it comes from all sides and more and more, 
it provokes uh, an increasing regulation at the level of the building. So you, you have the different uh, factors which are pushing this, uh, this trend. So one of the factors that I think in, in the UK has been having a big impact is the growing number of companies who are reporting scope three emissions in addition to scope one and two emissions. You know, so for most of the developers and the contractors, their scope one and two emissions are quite small. It's only when they get into scope three that they have you know, these really huge carbon footprints. Do you think you're seeing the same trend there in France as well? Yes, because, because the calculation, more and more the calculation is made at the level of the building. So when you uh, make the carbon footprint uh, calculation for a building, you take into account the carbon footprint of the construction materials used for this building. And so it has a um, very incentive effect to produce low carbon concrete and so to use low carbon binders to produce this concrete. So Fabian, uh, uh, with the grinding station set up, I, I wonder if there are certain advantages and certain disadvantages when you think about how you can compete in the low carbon cement market so for for example we would expect in the next few years that uh, lc3 will play a bigger role in in uh, in cement in, in europe are you in a position to offer lc3 to to your clients who are interested in that or, or, or how do you compete with that type of product let me answer to this question in in two two ways firstly when you have a grinding station, I mean, it's easier for you to move to low carbon cement because you do not have any asset uh, for clinker. So you have really any constraint, uh, any limitation to reduce uh, the volume of clinker integrated into cement. So, I mean, it's easier for a player with, uh, with only grinding stations to move uh, to product with uh, a lower clinker factor. Secondly, yes, we, we will offer LT3 uh, type of cements in the future. We worked on this since, uh, since uh, three years now, and we defined ternary cement with uh, natural pozzolans and with limestone. We made an analysis, uh, a study. We defined uh, what are the level of performance we want to reach. Uh, for cement, taking into account the constraints of the local standards, uh, cement standards, and concrete standards. We define what are the needs of the customers for the different applications. So we define what level of uh, compressive strength we wanted to reach at early age and at 28 days. We also define uh, the fineness of the cement we, we wanted to produce. Then we, we made a, a review of the different uh, raw materials locally available or available at a reasonable uh, logistic cost uh, when you wanted to use this, um, these raw materials. And then we decided to work with uh, natural local puzzlelands because, as you know, in France, we had volcanoes in the past. Uh, so we have geological conditions uh, for, for natural puzzlelands. Uh, you have uh, several quarries in France in different regions uh, with this kind of raw materials. And so we define to work with, uh, with this alternative raw materials to decrease the, the global clinker factor. And 
it's very interesting to work with limestone and with this pozzolans. Uh, and when you are working with uh, two alternative raw materials, limestone and pozzolan, you can reduce the clinker factor more in comparison with the when you work only with one uh, alternative raw material. So we produce two, two new products. The first one is for the bulk market, uh, for ready mix producer and precast uh, producer. It's the same to be with pozzolan and limestone, with around 70% of clinker, 20% of pozzolans, and 10% of uh, limestone. And with this type of product, you reduce the carbon footprint to around uh, 620 kilo of carbon per ton of cement. For the reference, our SEM1 product is 890 kilo of CO2 per ton. Fabian, can I just uh, check those figures, the 890 and the 620, are they including scope 3? Yes, including scope 3. Yeah, you know, because a lot of the times when we quote these numbers in the cement industry, it's just scope one and two. No, it, inclu it includes scope three. Yeah. The second, the second product with a similar approach, but it is aimed at being sold to uh, the for the bag market to Manson and uh, uh, small construction construction companies and. The clinker factor is even lower with this product because it's the same to C with pozzolans and limestone. It's a 32.5 R uh, product. And uh, you, you have 56% of clinker, 29% of pozzolans, and 15% of limestone. And with this product, you decrease the carbon footprint to... 506 uh, kilos of CO2 per ton of cement. So it's it's a huge uh, it's a huge decrease in uh, in clinking factor and a huge decrease in carbon footprint. And it's permitted uh, by the way that we combine all the effects of the puzzolans and the effects of the limestone in addition with um, with clinker. Just to clarify, what what are the different strengths that you expect to get with your your SEM one, the SEM two B, and the SEM two C? Okay, for for with the, for the SEM two B M, so for the SEM two B uh, for the bulk uh, market, we have a forty two point five N uh, strength lat, and for the bag market, for the second product, it's thirty two point five R strength lat. And your customers have being keen to use these lower carbon cements. Uh, when, when did you introduce those? Okay, for, for the first one, we introduced, we introduced it three months ago uh, now. And for the last one, we are just launching it right now. So Great. Well, it's good just luck. the beginning. Good luck with the launch. Thank you. But do, do you anticipate that customers are going to continue to ask you for lower carbon cements? We, we see it huh? as a, the demand is really increasing. And so we, we think it will take each, each month more and more importance within our sales. It's difficult to evaluate what will be the pace of replacement of traditional cement by this new low carbon cement. It's really difficult to, to evaluate. Huh? Even our customers and the customers of our customers, uh, they do not evaluate precisely 
what will be uh, this rhythm of replacement. So it is difficult to say, but we feel and we, we have evidence that this is a growing demand within the market because we, we see that the demand of the customers are, are more numerous uh, every month, but it's difficult to, to, to define a precise timeline for this replacement. One of the things that begins to affect the industry quite significantly is the cost of carbon and the reduction in the free allocations and this gradual movement to uh, CBAM. Uh, so I know that Seminu has been quite active in lobbying in this area. How are the changing regulations affecting you and, and for that matter, affecting uh, the wider industry in uh, in France and in Europe more generally? Well, we know the carbon border adjustment mechanism will be put in place from 2026. It was voted at the European level. And so now the, the frame is defined and we know how it will work. There will be this new CBAM put in place in now in, in three years now. And at the same time, with the same pace, the free quotas of carbon for the European producers will be phased out. So the frame is now very, very, very well defined. And we know that this pressure for carbon reduction will be, for all the sectors, will be increasing uh, in the coming years and 2026 it's it's very it's very soon huh? we we have to to work on this the price of carbon will will increase because the, the constraint the constraints on on carbon will will be will be growing so the price of carbon will increase some analysts and specialists say that it could go up to uh, 250 euro per ton of carbon uh, now it varies, but it's between 80 and 90 euro per ton. But th this will create a real change uh, within the industry in, in Europe. Huh? There will be a, a tremendous pressure to lower the carbon factor uh, within, uh, within the market. There will be a tremendous pressure to, to lower the carbon emission uh, when you produce a clinker. And all the actors will have to make some big investments for carbon capture, for clinker replacement by other raw materials. Uh, so this will lead to a, a massive increase of cost and massive increase of price of cement. So the change in three years, in five years will be, will be very high. And the change at 10 years, it will be even bigger. So it it will be very interesting and it's uh, very exciting to to live these years because there will be a tremendous change in our in all our industry in the coming years. Yes, I, I think uh, the impact of this carbon pricing is very interesting because in a sense, the industry players are all in the same boat because they all have somewhat similar carbon emissions in terms of uh, kilograms per tonne for comparable uh, cement type. Uh, but the, the cost of mitigation may be very different for different players. So if, if you're close to a, a CO2 hub, then probably your cost of uh, capture and storage of CO2 is going to be much less than if you're uh, very distant from that. And I guess one of the advantages that you have is that you can buy your, your clinker from wherever. And it may be that even clinker exporters to uh, Europe uh, start to think about uh, carbon capture in order to export carbon-free clinker to, to the EU. So I think it's a, it's a fascinating area and one that it's very difficult to see uh, clearly how, how things will, 
work out? Yes, you, you will have different uh, new factors of competitiveness uh, within uh, within the industry. And um, as you say, in the industry uh, for decades, the biggest competitive advantage was about geology. When you have your queries and the, the distance between your, your queries uh, for clinker production and the markets. But all this will change uh, because as you say, uh, you will have new competitive advantage linked to the carbon capture in function of where is locate, located your clinker plant, your cement plant, and also uh, what will be the distance uh, between and the carbon footprint between the production of cement and the consumption of cement. And uh, finally, what will be your access to alternative raw materials enabling you to reduce your clinker factor. So all, all the cards will be redistributed and, and this will impact highly uh, the current industrial footprint of, um, of the industry. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I think uh, it promises to be a very interesting few years in Europe initially, but uh, I expect that the trends and, and the, the changes we see in Europe will also uh, spread to the rest of the world over time. So, Fabian, uh, thank you so much for uh, talking to me today on the podcast. And uh, I, I wish you well with your new low-carbon products. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Clinker Factor podcast today. If you've enjoyed it, do subscribe. And please recommend us uh, to friends and colleagues and anyone else who you think would be interested in what's happening in the cement and concrete industry around the world. Uh, WCA is a not-for-profit company. Um, please visit our website to see the services that we offer.